0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Courtside with Joe Morelli. Joe Morelli, the head boys basketball beat writer for GameTimeCT.com and the Hearst Canadian Media Group, Uh, spinning knowledge... For you every week, um, Joseph. How you doing today? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Or afternoon or or night, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, we're coming. Joe, what's up? We're coming off a great game uh, Friday night. Obviously, as, as a sports writer, when I got into this business because I wasn't good enough to play. <laughs> you want no, but you wanted to cover big games and go enjoy the games. I mean, that's one thing that's transcended this the, the process of what our business has gone through. And obviously, getting the big plays and recording them in all different kind of fashion. And um, and East Catholic at Bassick was an interesting non-league game, and they had played last year, and that happened to be Bassick's last loss. Uh, got their doors blown off. In fact, it was January second, and of uh, 2018, and they had lost by 35. And and he, and he just knew, knowing Bassick and having, I mean, myself going up, growing up in Stratford, and, and seeing them win a state championship in '89. Uh, in the in the ultimate division, double L. And knowing that Bernie Lofton was an assistant there for Harrison Taylor back mm, then, yep. and his son Marcus Lofton, long story short, you knew they were going to be out for blood. You knew it was going to be a great game, and, and the truth be told, you know, Bats easily could have won that game. Yeah. Uh, they, th-
0: Where were I they mean, from Kevin Craw-
1: They were 11 of 25, and so you miss 14 free throws, you're going to lose every game, doesn't matter who you play, and, and Kevin Crawford's really, really good, and obviously he did, took a lot on his shoulders, but he also missed nine free throws. And it, it's that's obviously, and, and the other thing too is they want the te- as Bernie Lofton told me, they didn't want the Temple in the 70s and they tried to do it, but East Catholic slowed it down. And I don't even know if it was done intentionally as much as it was, it was just a little bit of a sloppy game. Basic had seven turnovers, if I remember correctly, in the third quarter, a lot of them unforced or second quarter. And, and East Catholic struggled and, and they committed turnovers on their first four or five positions of the fourth quarter and fell behind by six. And you're thinking, hey, Basic's going to win, they're going to get their revenge, and then. Joey Riley, a senior who had really kind of struggled to that point, comes off four straight three-pointers. Boom, boom. And the last, and as Bernie Lofton said, the last two, they were contested, and the guy was in his face almost, but he just had enough room to get, get it off. And sometimes you just feel it. Mm-hmm. And Joey Riley seemed like I – I think I joked on an earlier podcast, seems seemed like he's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. But you know the truth of the matter is he's just a great player, and great players make great plays. And what gets lost in this is Jalen Hunter carried the team for the first three quarters at twenty points. And they're just a very solid team. And I believe they shot fourteen to fifteen or thirteen to fifteen from the line. And you know, East Catholic is gonna you know what they're gonna do. Luke Riley is a great coach and he's gonna be on our guest on the podcast today off that win. And um and they went four corners a little bit too early and they kind of spread it and it and it kinda hurt him a little bit. But again, great atmosphere sold out. Not sure the exact number of people over eight hundred. Um probably closer to nine. But anyway, it was just a great atmosphere. And those are the kind of games, non-conference at this late you, you enjoy
0: as, as a fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that was, you know, it had a little bit of hype behind it. And, you know, there's kind of something that's been a little bit lacking here, the, the the fact that the big, there just haven't been a lot of huge matchups. I mean, there there have been some good ones. I mean, Danbury played uh, Basque last night. I mean, Danbury, they they're used to be in the FCA, and now they're not. That, sorry, Basque used to be in the FCA, and now they're not. So that was like an old-school FCA, if you want to call it that, uh, a game, and Bassick ended up uh, uh, winning that one, a nice rebound. Uh, you know, it's nice to have a little buzz. It's nice to have a, a team in there, and, and then you look down the schedule, you're like, whoa, East Catholic is play, playing Bassick. That that should be fascinating. That's kind of like what I like about this whole thing. You and know, it, both it, undefeated coming in. Yeah, it, oh, it is. yeah, I mean, that's that's what this is all about, and then that's what we want to see. I mean, meanwhile, you have Sacred Heart up there, just is basically – they don't. The NBL is down this year.
1: Right. I thought it would be better. It's, it's been basically yeah. awful. No, yeah, which, I mean, is, which CCC, is surprising to me. I mean, Usually the, it's great. I mean, if you were to ask me, and we're going to be doing a back question later in the program on what the questions are going to be, but if you were to ask me what the best conference in the state is, it's the CCC, and everybody else is tied for second. I mean, the SWC is down. I mean, when that Maclick loses and loses to St. Bernard and they lost to, to Waterford Damn. at home, I, I think – I mean, it's tough. to. Win. They won three state championships last year, but that's not happening this year. is a little bit down. It's competitive, but I think other than Northern West Haven, the city schools in New Haven are struggling. Nobody's getting a vote. I can't remember the last time that happened. It's, yeah. So, it, again, you, when you get matches like this, you want to play it up. And obviously, actually, they played Danbury. The, Bassick's going to play Harding again. They're going to play some other teams. Um, they're probably going to finish with just the one loss. East Catholic this week, they have Northwest Catholic tonight, and uh, they have East Hartford on uh, friday and, and interestingly with that is east Harbor was the last team to beat east catholic in the regular season back in december of 2016. Wow. now yeah. 51 straight so that's an impressive accomplishment itself. Went, uh, regular, regular season, season wins. wins yeah and and you know and obviously we're gonna see how the ecc is gonna go is waterford the top dog is east line the top dog you know and, and we have five undefeated teams in the state we mentioned east catholic Nerdame west haven with four to the left, they're undefeated and ranked fourth this week. Uh, no, excuse me, they jumped to three this week, uh, and Bassick is four, behind Sikahara at one still, and East Catholic two, Notre Dame at f- three, Basic at four. The other undefeated teams: Cromwell, jumps in at number 10 this week. Uh, Will Mogo out of the Berkshire League, who faced Cromwell in the Division Five state final last year and now is in Division Three. And the other team is Classical Magnet, and, and – and here what do we have on Saturday classical magnet going to wamogo so one of them is there gonna go, go go down and then again you don't talk about it much but you know mogo is very good and, and they're good in their league and they don't play they only play, allowed to play two outside games and one of them is against classical I'm not sure who the other one is but you know are they one of the best teams in the state do they deserve to be in the top 10 I don't think so but it's hard kind of hard when your division one is basically an open division so mm-hmm. Uh, and to finish out the top 10, like I said, Notre Dame at f- 3, Basic at 4, Windsor still at 5 without any losses in the state. Sacred Heart, same thing. No state losses. And they have, I believe, are going for number 100 Sacred Heart straight MVL wins, which is mind-boggling. <laughs> I don't care how bad or how good a division is. That's crazy. Hortifer at the ECC is 6. Just the one overtime loss at East Lime trumbull seven their one loss at waterford so there's a common thread here manchester at eight lost to east harford east catholic danbury at nine uh this was go before the game but again they lost, to, yeah, but they lost a yeah but they lost a basic so they had two losses in december and this is their first loss since and it's again basic at home and Cromwell at 16-0 at 10 so mm-hmm. it's a very solid top 10 uh after that it depends on your preference um, there's some decent teams out there but there's a lot of traditional programs struggling mm. so we'll see we'll have to see what happens yeah, Bloom's kind of falling off a few roses here yeah. New, Newtown's
0: lost a bunch of games in a row yeah they lost
1: okay. three in a row they're still getting both. and like I said the New Haven programs I mean New Haven, Hill House and Cross, World Cross are playing tonight there's not much buzz with it I mean we cover it because I work for the New Haven Register but <laughs> right. I mean it's just a down year for the Elm City and I mean I think Career played hosted Granby last night and they lost by two so Career is probably not even going to make the state tournament and you know, and then Hill House Hamden and later in the week, it's not the, the buzz because Hamden has underachieved. So it's it's yeah. the, the buzz in the East area hasn't been as great, but I think it me- provides more balance for the state tournament because it's going to be hard to decide who wins those games. And then
0: obviously, Division One is going to be a war no matter who's in it. So it seems that the battle lines have been drawn kind of between the conferences. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, who do you think is the best conference right now? I mean, CCC. CCC? I
1: said. It's yeah. Everybody else is tied for. As I said before, CCC is the best conference, and not just because of the most teams, but because their top teams are better than everybody else. And I think they. And I think East Catholic, even though it's by a little, they proved that a little bit on um, Friday. And to remember, Basic's is independent.
0: Yep. As is Harding. It would be as great as if East they Catholic. were still in the – I'd love if they were still in the FCA, but they wouldn't have played in East Catholic. Uh, they probably wouldn't true. have played
1: that game. They would have gone right. and played somebody out of state like they did, and and they're forced to play this schedule, and it gets you ready for the tournament, and yeah. it is an incredible situation. But, yeah, I, I think the ECC's pretty good. I mean, obviously, I reported that Devin Ostrowski got hurt in uh, against yep. London. They lost, and he hurt his ankle, and I, his, his status is still up to the air for – they don't play against those Weaver and it's, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen. They, I think Hardy has a follow up coming, so God forbid, if he's lost, I mean East Lime is is in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, so I would say I mean <laughs> say they have so. some really good players, but that I mean that just becomes the opens opens it up for Waterford and uh yeah. and that final's at the Mohegan Sun, the tournament final, so but
0: but we'll see. Um you know, just a quick quickly I'm just gonna run down some news this week. Um, you know, obviously you talked about Dev, I mean he scored his 2,000th point um, when they played Stonington, that was and then he got injured. The two days later, two days later, um, you also had an item in there uh, about Nate Tabor uh, from Sacred Heart. Yeah, he
1: supposedly had a, an issue in his family, home situation, suspended him a couple, took him out two more games, and obviously two games that Sacred Heart was going to win. But you know, that's that's their decision, and and the school supported that. And I don't know how major the violation was, but he's supposed to be back then against Candy, and and obviously you're going to mention Victor Rosario. Oh, yeah. I don't even. Honestly, this radio silence out of Hamden. I- I'd be shocked if he ever played again for Hamden oh, High School. I-, I just don't think he's going to play. Mm-hmm. I- in fact, I-, I don't. In our, I-, I-, I just think it's been a dis- I think he- he- it's been a, bit a situation that's gone wrong for them. That whole thing has kind of led to what we are. And maybe if that situation is resolved finally, maybe Hamden can get back to the to winning ways and get back to playing the way they're supposed to but it's it's yeah, been a distraction it seems like a major distraction yeah, it is and Can't i don't like to put it on an 18 year old kid but it, uh-huh. it, it's but they the program is underachieved, and yeah. you know they have time to turn this around i mean you can they can yeah, like i got said a month they could lose the rest of their games they're in the state tournament and can win the whole thing i mean that's yeah. how it could happen I, mean, I don't expect that but but him has got the talent to do that so so we'll see what happens but uh but that's the situation with those three players and uh
0: some other there was some other news about uh, Reggie Hatchett, a Weaver coach. He right. he got uh, suspended over uh, an alleged incident. Have, what did you find out there?
1: Well, it was more of a. I, I, it would seem like it was a situation where a player went after him in the Milltown game. Mm. Uh, a okay. Kid that was taken out of a game. Supposedly he had nothing to do with it. He was denied, There was no contact made. And in fact, uh, from what the Harvard Current report, I want to say I did it, but they—they're right. the ones yep. who investigated and gave them the props that they deserve for doing, breaking the story that there was no police report filed by the milltown middle, police, but Hartford have to do their due diligence. And, uh, he, because of the snow, he didn't up missing no games and mm-hmm. he was back against Amistad and then, and they lost. And, and right now they're the bottom seed in, uh, in division one, <laughs> which is A, crazy. yeah, <laughs> seven and eight. And, and, and they're pretty good. And they're better than last year. They were like the, the bottom seed last year. So, uh, but he's back on the sideline. And obviously we reported earlier in January that, um, because of it, an academically ineligible player, a reserve, they were docked three games, yeah. three wins, so um, and that hurt their status obviously. So, so there's been a lot
0: of news, and I'm sure there will be more before the season's over. Yeah, now we got a lot. Of, well, we, it's, it's pretty amazing. We're 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 you know what? Three weeks, not even from the start of conference ter- tournaments, right? February.
1: Uh, yeah, toward the end. No,
0: it's uh, February twenty-first. Yeah, so. so it's Less than three weeks. Away. It's here already. Oh, so. yeah. Three weeks away. So, so uh, I mean, okay. I'm excited, though. That should be great. I mean, it seems like a lot, you know, a lot of good, uh, teams are, uh, are out there as, as we will we'll discuss with, uh, Luke Riley later on in the show. Um, what else? Anything else going on? What, else, what are we looking at this week? What's going on? What's well, what's I mentioned that obviously East Catholic playing East Hartford with the streak right. down the line. And
1: again, Notre Dame has got prep in a week by the time, and, uh, can they keep it undefeated rank? But nothing no great shakes off the top of my head. Obviously, I said Hill and Cross tonight. Strafford and Bennell renewed rivalry on Wednesday. Um, Did Stratford
0: come up with a pretty big win the other night?
1: Well they beat Newtown and then yeah. they've been streaking. They beat they're the hand of the Newtown their first loss in overtime a couple weeks ago. Um right. and and Strafford and Bunnell, two legitimate contenders in the SWC. I mean Ackle is still the best team, um, at least right now as far as the record wise and obviously, um, as I mentioned, Hill House and Hamden and East Hartford and East Catholic and some other good, decent games on Friday night. And I think we're really starting to, like I said, we're, we know, as we mentioned in previous podcasts, we know that the cream is rising to the top, and it's really hard to argue with the top ten. I mean, you, can you say Glastonbury deserves it? I mean, it's, it's really hard because a lot of teams are losing and, and preventing a chance to hop in the top ten. I mean, I mean, you, the fcac I mean, Dan and Tremble—we say we we're the top two teams. They are, and New Canaan is right there with what's it, eight or nine straight wins. We wrote about them this week, and uh, that is and, an amazing it, it, what they're it, doing. It really has been. That, and, and the that game car- Mauz is doing with that program is is amazing.
0: Carbon copy way to win a game.
1: Yeah, two yeah. <laughs> steals and then again steals the at midcourt of mind. Well, in this case, he dribbled up. He had a few more right, seconds. He few dribbled more seconds. up and he pulled up and. I believe they were, If I saw the video correctly, there was a couple of seconds left. Yeah, after it was about he made two. It. it was like two, two.
0: It was just under three.
1: It's one of those magical years, and you don't. And he. And they're in Division Four with Cromwell, wow. with Which, Saint <sighs> Joe's, and, and uh, several they other programs. <laughs> well, listen, we we've been over that, and but and, and uh, they're coming uh, off a uh, loss to Trumbull, and um, whatever. It, it, <laughs> Saint Joe's has had a rough time. They're in Division Four. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious to see how Cromwell will do. You know, because they haven't played the greatest of schedules. they play basically the shoreline. And, I i mean, John Panone obviously gets these guys ready. And, and I think he's a little surprised they're 16-0. But, you know, they have got some decent players. And, and we'll see. And, and, that, and, act, and that's the game of the year in the shoreline. Yeah. If they could be Valley Regional t- tonight, Tuesday night, they play Old line The battle will be a possible battle of unbeatens in the shoreline on uh, Monday, February 18th. And right. that will determine the one seed. So... You've got some good games coming up, but yeah, we're, the postseason's closing in.
0: Yeah, and that's that's when we really get into this. Situation. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, uh, and then we'll, we're we're going to take a break, and in our next segment, we'll be joined by East Catholic coach Luke Riley of the second-ranked Eagles and undefeated. We'll be back. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from gametimect.com. Welcome back to the Courtside with Joe Morelli podcast. Our guest this week is uh, the coach, longtime coach of the second-ranked team in the state, East Catholic. Some people feel they should be number one after their performance last week, winning at Basic 56-53. Luke Riley joining the program. Luke, how are you this morning?
2: No, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is uh, you guys are doing a great job with this podcast. I'm a big podcast guy, so I'm I'm fired up to be on here today.
0: You got us on your uh, on your subscriptions, your your bookmarks.
2: <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't have you on my bookmarks, but I, I'm always checking to see who's saying what. So uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's good. It's a good. It's good for the game, and it's it's uh, good for Connecticut hoops for
1: sure. When we talked on Friday after the game about the atmosphere and about the team, just can you just talk about. Obviously, you're worried about winning the game. You think about the atmosphere, being involved in a game like that, how important it was for your team, obviously, to win and just being involved in a game like that in that kind of atmosphere in February, a month away from the uh, postseason.
2: Well, I I think that what's exciting about it, uh, it's exciting on a lot of levels because, you know, you want your team to be in in that type of environment because that's how it feels in the postseason, and 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 you strive. And I, I tell the kids, I said, "Hey, this is a credit to you. You put yourself in a position to be in a game of this importance uh, at this time of year, which means you know you guys are good and you're and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're cre- creating a lot of excitement around what you're doing. So, you know, it's exciting from that perspective. It's exciting from a coach because now you know you can be a little bit more battle tested on the road, and I think it's exciting." overall for Connecticut High School basketball especially for me being around the Connecticut High School game for a long time It's a it's a real throwback to the days where you know gyms were packed and It was the best game in town before you know ESPN 3 and ESPNU and uh, All that so it's just uh exciting to be a part of it all the way around
1: Jalen was a big part of what you the first few quarters had 20 points. I believe through the first three was shut out in the fourth quarter. Obviously had some big shots in the first half. It gets lost in what happened in the fourth quarter when he started out with I think, four or five straight turnovers on as many possessions and basket builds a six point lead. And then Joey Riley off four screens and, uh, it's a whole different ball game. Talk about that, please.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, Joey's a special guy, you know, he, he, he's, he's been doing that for four years. And, um, when he gets in that mode, I'm not really I've learned not to be that surprised, I've actually learned to expect it, so um, that was an amazing thing, I mean we went out there, I remember vividly in the timeout we were down six, and uh, four trips later he made four threes in a row, and, and then we were plus six, There's uh, something along those lines, so um, he's, a, he's a competitor and, and what people don't see is how much he works on his game, and, and how much time and effort he's putting into it, but in the biggest of moments, he tends to uh, be at his best, and that's uh, a credit to him, his work ethic, and and uh, and what type of player he is.
1: Joey Riley is also Luke's nephew, and it's a big family tree. I hope to get to uh, in our podcast today. Uh, Luke, um, last year you were number one in the poll all year. You were the top team, you were undefeated. You, you, Your one loss is in double overtime at the buzzer, Windsor A. How long did it take you to get over that? And B, how long does it take to get over a game? Seriously, get over a game like that when it's such a great season it gets lost in one shot in a great basketball game.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the nature of March Madness. You know, it's 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 what makes the game great. It's like, you know, it's a one-game single elimination tournament. It's not like the NBA where, you know, it's a series. And that's, that's the excitement and thrill of, of the postseason. And that's, as I said, what makes March great. So... Uh, it's a double-edged sword because if you're on the other end of it, you know it's not so great. But at the end of the day, in order to to be successful in the state tournament, no matter how good you are, um, you know you gotta. It's it's it comes down to it's about matchups. You gotta you gotta be in the you gotta get the right matchups. Uh, you gotta play good on the right nights and, and and be your best on those nights. And then in a lot of cases, you gotta get a little bit lucky. Um, and if if you look, you know, unless you're like totally dominant, and, and if you look over the years, even even the best teams in state history have had a little bit of a scare, and you know, unfortunately for us, we didn't make it out of that game, and that's that's part of it. And you learn from it, move on, and as long as you're giving it your best crack uh, and you prepared the right way, and you did everything in your power to to be as good as you could be on that night. You just you got to just got to live with it.
1: Uh, Luke Riley joining us on the podcast. Uh, that was the fourth time he had played Windsor. And it was double overtime. But you, you didn't answer if how long it took you to get over that game.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> how dodged how the long question, long Coach. Long? I, I like <laughs> to know because well, how, how, how does but... it
1: bug you? Because did it bug you for a while? Because you knew you probably had possibly the best team in the state, and you didn't get a chance to prove it in at Mohegan.
2: Oh well, listen. This is this is well. I'll tell you what. This is this is the best way I can tell you. Uh, and my mom was great at this. She's like you know. Uh, and my dad coached South Catholic for all those years. She goes, You know, your father's great. If I ask to do something around the house, he doesn't seem to remember, but he can remember a game he either won or lost 20 years ago. And he remembers who took the shot and, and everything else. And I, and I sometimes joke with the officials, I like say, Hey, you know, I know why I'm so emotional. I got my whole life wrapped up in this thing. And, uh, I know why I'm a raving lunatic over here. I'm just not sure why. You are so. You guys are so emotional. I mean, you get to go home and forget about this. This is going to haunt me forever. So I think, you know, it's part of the process. I, all all the, Every loss I've ever had, I swear, it's like uh, it'll eat into it you. you got to figure out how you can get better and improve. But uh, I think the more you do it, it doesn't stay with you as long. So, hey, we, we, we were a great team uh i really love those kids uh I- i'm sad for them because you know those seniors they, they didn't they don't that's how they're ending and everybody who has left and, and back this year including myself you know we get a chance to try to go out there and improve and get better so i've learned over the years not to not to let the games haunt you but uh haunting and forgetting i you know you never forget any of the losses and that one certainly is one that uh you know, you guys are bringing it up, so you—it's—you you, uh, you don't forget, but you need to move on.
1: Luke, you mentioned it, I, I'm going to mention it now since you brought it up. Your fa- you played for your father, Joe Riley, at South Catholic, and c- please correct me on any of this. I'm—I'm I'm wrong, and I'm doing it from memory. Your n- uncle's name was Gene. He coached a long time at Portland, has over 500 wins. Your, your brother coaches at Wesleyan. this being talk about being part of the Riley family tree and the disciples that have gone on to coach and play and. If you can talk about that briefly for those, obviously in this podcast, who may not be familiar with South Catholic, since it's no longer open.
2: Oh yeah, it's 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 great. It's just it's part of your DNA, which is which is which is fun. It's just uh, you know it's funny. We're playing Northwest Catholic tonight, and I was trying to explain to my kid, my team. I was like, hey, there's a lot of history in this game. I said, you know, I don't expect you guys to understand if it's there. I knew he's got uh, Carl Herbert on his bench and. I remember when John was playing for my dad, I was riding the bus and I was the ball boy and uh, and he was playing. And um, I think of those, those times growing up um, and I even go way back and somebody asked me this year that, you know, I remember my grandmother telling me stories about how they had moved in the, in the fifties and my dad was playing at Buckley and his, and his brother Richie was playing at Weaver. So it was Riley versus Riley and mm-hmm. uh, the place was packed out in the fifties. So, it, uh, It's cool being part of that legacy. Uh, I, I feel really fortunate and blessed to have, uh, been a little bit successful in, in, in being able to coach and impact young kids. And now that my, my nephew's kind of playing for me, it's just kind of one more layer to that family tradition. So it's it's great. It's fun. And I think, you know, my, my dad taught me uh, what it's about, and it's about, taking care of your players, building relationships, and uh, creating young men, and the way to do that, the tool to do that is basketball, and that's what I love doing, I love creating teams, I love competing, and I, I love, you know, helping people kind of reach their potential, not only on the court, but as students and as people and, and, and moving forward, so that's that's kind of the magic, and that's, that's what's sometimes lost when people talk about the wins and losses, but that's... Kind of what uh, my dad kind of told me at an early age, and showed me when I played for him, that that's that's really the magic behind the uh, the experience.
1: Yeah, I wanted to get that out there before we go back to wins and losses. Um, and obviously, East Catholic coach Luke Riley joining us on the podcast. Um, I had just did a little research actually for a change, and and I didn't. I wanted to see how many regular season wins had been, in, and I found out it was fifty one. I don't know if you had known that at the time, but obviously now we mention every time we have a game now you, you said Northwest Catholic which is in the old NWC conference it was those were wars as you mentioned with John Mirabello and Northwest Catholic and then Friday of East Harford the last team to beat you in the regular season in 2016 do you I can't believe it's been that long coach I mean 51 games a lot of games that's a lot no matter and different kids that's that says a lot about the program
2: yeah that yeah and I'm, I'm yeah we don't we're our mantra is the biggest game of the year is the next one so I think uh total credit to the kids and, and, the, and the thing is this is the, the older guys in the program they have a responsibility and the responsibility is they're passing that baton back to the, to the guy behind them and and two things we talk about is one how are you going to be remembered uh, when you leave the program uh, how are you going to be remembered and, and, and leave it and did you build the culture and, and what we're about and what we stand for and, and did you pass it down to the guy below you and then you know, are you ready when your opportunity comes? You know, we have two seniors playing inside for us this year. And in the beginning of the year, I said, like, "Hey, nobody's ever heard of these guys yet, but they've been waiting and they've been training. And and when their opportunity is ready, they're gonna they're gonna when their opportunity comes, they're gonna be ready." And uh, we've had several guys do that over the last couple years that have led to a lot of success. So, you know, we had a kid Matt Moreto, last year um, who ended up at Delaware, and he was a terrific player for us. And I was telling last year at senior night, I was explaining to people, I said, he sat on the bench one game as a freshman. You know, he's the type of kid that's not a tailor-made kid that, like, comes in and, you know, immediate impact. He's, he's a worker and a grinder. And, you know, we've had a lot of success with, with guys like that. And when when it's time for them to step in, these guys like that step in and help us, you know, keep winning. So, a credit to them and it's a credit to you know the instant gratification that sometimes people want and and the D the first mentality out there in, in athletics but uh we've kind of been able to avoid a little bit of that and have some guys kind of wait their turn and be ready when it when it happens for them
1: I know you're a guy who likes to go out and, and check out other teams as you said and didn't go and scout uh, the old-fashioned way um for those who don't understand we're in the I believe the third year sorry uh, yeah third year of the Division One Five Division format, A, are you in favor of it, and B, how hard is the Division One Open Division?
2: Well, for for B, the B um, I would say it's really hard. I mean, it's it's the they they have managed to, to get the best teams in Division One, and it's a minefield, and, and anybody can beat anybody, so it's super okay. challenging and it's exciting because that's where you want to be and you know they've kind of developed it so that's where you want to be as a competitor and if if you have a chance to compete in that type of environment that's terrific so uh i have not over the years i've not worried about it too much um they they have the system since i've been at East. i mean it's changed four or five times they're always kind of tweaking it changing it and i've kind of learned not to really give it too much thought and control what you can control and Tell us where we're going to be and what what the circumstances are, and just, just go play because you know you could drive yourself nuts looking at it and trying to analyze it, figure it all out. You know my mentality has been like, all right, where are we going? Who are we playing? How can we best prepare? And let's let's do what we can do. Uh,
1: it was Luke not, nice enough not to correct me. It, it was it's the second year of the Division One format, and uh, yeah, as as coach said, it, it's a it's no it's a. With twenty teams, it's it's a the best of the best, and then obviously the, the thing about it is you could be oh twenty and get into the state tournament because uh, they don't have enough teams in there to fill the thirty-two team field. Yeah, um,
2: just I think well, you know yeah. one thing. One thing I would say, not to cut you off, but that's like, okay. When when we played when we played in you know we got a chance to I think we played Hillhouse in two thousand six. Yep, that was Division One. They were calling it Division One in two thousand oh, oh, six. Four oh 2007... Yeah, and then in 07, they were calling it Double L. Right. And then so it's it's been you know everybody's like yeah it's new it's new it you know it's not new they've been they've been it's always changing and it's all they're always trying to look at it and you know it's it, it's, it's they're trying to get it perfect and I just think that it you know it's it's something that's never going to be perfect because yeah. that's just the nature of it so it's 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 difficult and like I said that's why I don't like analyze it too much we just say hey, where are we going. Let's go see what we can do. What? Uh, what? what
0: would, is there anything, Coach? You would like to see them tweak it with or anything? You would prefer the way they, they do it now, or, or what?
2: I, you know, that's a good, interesting question. I'd say one thing I would say is like Division One doesn't have a lot of teams in it, right? Agreed. So you know, you put all this emphasis, you put all this emphasis on the state tournament, you put all this emphasis mm-hmm. on the state tournament, and then you know if you get a buy, if you're lucky enough to get a buy, because depending on how many teams are you looking at, you're only looking at four games. Yeah. If if you win, you know what I mean? So, that, you know, you put all this emphasis, the tournament, the tournament, the tournament. So, I think that's something that is maybe worth a look. And then, um, there's, there's so much controversy, and everybody has an opinion, and, and everybody, you know, the, the folks down at CIC. I mean, there are a lot of good people, they're doing what's best for kids, and things like that. So, they let them do their job it, it's hard because you know as we mentioned earlier you know the NCAA tournament is is wonderful uh, and you show the people dancing around and cutting the nets and celebrating but on the flip side of that there's people are disappointed and and, and sad and devastated and you know I even read in one article you know a year or two ago like how oh, people get their dreams crushed and you know, and that's all part of it. So the flip side of that, people get upset, and, and that's hard. But that's also the nature and the thrill of March Madness. So it's not like we're gonna go out there and have 25 state titles so everybody can experience the game. You know, you still you still want it to be a true championship. So hey, like I said, however they tweak it, however people want to it, think it's best, and, you know, that's 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 out of my control. So I'm not going to give it much energy. I'd love to see
0: an open, just an open, one, t- one tournament like a real NCAA. You know what I mean? I'd yeah, love like to see Indiana. That. Like, yeah. I, I think
2: that's how Indiana high school does it, right? Right. So.
0: Well, Mogo at East Catholic yeah. round one. Can the uh, Can the 12C knock off? 5C Yeah, East but, what, uh, but well, unfortunately, I don't think yeah, the team's in you know, lower that's, division. That,
2: that's 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 an interesting model. That, that would be an interesting model, and I think for for the. That would avoid any any controversy and all that. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? So whatever
0: they decide to do. Right. You know, maybe maybe two divisions. Maybe you have like an NIT style. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, go ahead, Joe.
1: Yeah. Luke Riley <laughs> joining us. I know he only has a couple more minutes. Um, you've played at the could Sun. You've won championships there. Everybody talks about the run of the Sun, Luke. Uh, what's it going to take for East to be there on that final weekend? And, and how great is it playing on that arena? and how much does it mean to the, to the kids in the program to play at an arena like
2: that? The arena is awesome. The, the experience that, that, that the, CIAC provides down there is awesome. Like it's the arena is great. You, you, you pull it in under, under the underneath and you're walking through the, the back hallways there. It is that event. And it's not, I'm sure it's not easy. I mean, it's got a lot of moving parts. It is, it is, A great 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 venue so you know we've been i've been fortunate enough to be involved in that game a few times in the old days when i was playing with my 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 buddy anthony latina Yep. um we were at central and that was great um and i think you know we mentioned a few years back i know that it was the university of Hartford for a stretch it was it it gampo for for a little bit and um Mohegan Sun is it's pretty special. It's it's a it's a special venue and it's obviously a special game and it's um, you know the coaching is about creating memories and you know we had a memory the other night where you know you win a close game on the road and it's about cherishing those memories and, and that that uh, Mohegan Sun memory that's that's something that's gonna you know the shelf life on that is is uh, is forever. Those kids go in there and they'll be talking about that just just like I'm talking about it. So what do you, it's, what do you think? Uh, it's awesome.
0: What do you think, Coach, about playing a Final Four there? How about that?
2: Oh yeah, no, I think I think uh, the the more you could, I think it'd be great. I think the more you can get games in bigger venues, in the state tournament, and um, create that special experience, that would be that would be great too. And and one of the reasons why I think that would be good is some of those teams, you know, so, the teams are so good and they and they make it so far that you know, if you if you win a semifinal game at a venue like that like and then happen to lose the next one or even just getting there, it creates more experience, more memories for those teams that are fortunate enough to get there. So um, I'm a big proponent of trying to create any special venue you possibly could during the state tournament.
1: Uh, coach, um, I know you have to go. Um, really quickly, what's it going to take for East Catholic to be there? At the Mohegan. Oh,
2: what's going to take for us to be there? Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> yes. I got 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 a few more minutes. If, if okay, you
1: good. But um, that's fine.
2: The, uh, it's, it's for us. Hey, it's just about getting better every day. Like we got a game tonight. Like we're not, we're not thinking about anything but the game we have tonight. And then we got a game Wednesday, and and we, that's as far as we're going to get. So it's just about getting better every day and improving as a team. And then you're giving yourself the best opportunity possible wait and then you're hey we're as good as we could possibly be and what else can you do so that that's what it's going to take for us is to continue to improve we have some, some some really good pieces we got we got great kids we got smart kids i mean all my starting five are all a students which has never happened to me before so that's mm-hmm. they can absorb a lot of information and you know we just got to like I said get better get out see as many teams as we can see so we can make sure we're prepared for some potential matchups and then you guys gotta get out there and be your best when your best is needed and and kind of let it rip and, and play loose
0: what did you guys what did you take out of the your team's performance against basket I mean basket missed a lot of free throws um you know they could have won that game you what did you what did you gather coming out of that
2: you yeah, we gotta be better I think that's that's the message that the kids got to get to I think you know great times are great softeners so you know you think you're working hard and you think you're you're going at game speed and and, and you think you're ready for pressure and you think you're ready to make the big free throw and sometimes you get in those situations and you're like wow you know let's make sure we adjust adjust our training to match the task at hand so I think in a lot of ways um, being in that environment playing against a team that's very 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 good i mean they're, they're a great team um it's a reminder it's like wait a minute let's make sure we're, we're training the right way so that's a that's a that's a wake-up call for us and be like all right you know let's make sure we're we are who we say we are and we're training the way we say that we train
0: was there anything in that game uh that they were able to do that you guys had trouble
2: with they're great on the glass I mean they, they were they were they were outstanding on the glass they, yeah they, they got uh, some size yeah yeah, they, they were really good. Um, so I think that would be a big takeaway for us that, um, you know, there's teams out there that are – I mean, that's a huge strength of theirs. And, you know, they, they, like I said, that coach's been around a long time. He's doing a lot of good things with those guys. So you gotta be you got to be prepared. So I would say the glass would be the biggest takeaway from that particular game.
1: Very loft in the basket, Coach. and it, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they see each other again in the uh, mm. state semifinals or even at Mohegan. Uh, That'd be nice. Luke Riley, thank East He's got the coach. Luke Riley, long-time
2: coach. Wait, I have a question. Oh, you have one hey, more? Oh, I want to oh. know
0: when Coach is going to start his own uh, post-grad uh, basketball team.
2: Oh, When's that coming, Coach? That's a great question.
0: Um, I, got a, I got a lot of these, so yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
2: that's a great question well what did you think of
0: that that was i mean that's that's, that's potentially could change the landscape and you know you're at a you're at a catholic school a school choice so to speak you know and uh it's it sounds like something that uh it's kind of like where the wind's blowing i mean i don't know what do you think
2: uh you know it's challenging times for the schools. so i think at the end of the day it's it's a lot bigger than than for that for, you know for you know, obviously you're talking about Notre Dame West Haven. I don't know a lot about it, but I do know this. I think it's challenging times for Catholic schools, and it's probably mm. a lot more about keeping the lights on yeah. than than um, than athletics. Right. Um, so I think that's that's you know it's it's an interesting model. I think um, from from a strictly athletic standpoint, you know I, I'm. I'm Excited about what we've been able to do at East Catholic because I think, as you said, the landscape is changing with the prep schools. It's uh, it's an interesting animal. I mean, you have prep schools kids teams coming in, sitting sitting with the parents at your game, um, oh. wow. promise, promising the, promising them the world if they decide to to go to their school. So it's it's a huge challenge and and one that I think we got to be looked at. I think. I think the, the the prep school scene is an interesting one, and I and I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there. I don't think all those prep schools are even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, from my standpoint, you know, I, I try to let people know. I say, hey, you know, we've had over 40 colleges um, in our gym over the last two years evaluating our players. Right. We have over 40 kids, 40 kids since up in the East that have gone on to play college basketball. I mean. Last week alone, we had Sacred Heart, Old Dominion, Towson, BU, and Penn and Bucknell either at a practice or at a game. And I think that the prep schools are, are kind of advertising like that's the only place that you can get that kind of exposure, that's right. the only place where you can be successful. And I would argue the other other way, I would say, you know, a traditional high school, depending on what environment you're in, is where, where you learn to be a teammate, where you learn to win. Um, you know sometimes those environments can be more like winter aau yeah so, um you know i'm not so to the answer to your question i'm not excited about doing anything uh from a basketball standpoint from a like a, a post-grad or mm-hmm. prep school scene or anything like that i mean if we talked about the, the history of where i'm from and my, and my background so at this moment in time i would yeah i wouldn't be excited about that
0: do you see, I mean, do you see. You could see that something like this really would could dynamically change the the boys basketball landscape in the state. Yeah,
2: I think I think it's already changed. To be yeah. honest with you, okay. like the, the it's already changed. Like I am telling you, like it's if, 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 if you're a, if you're a very good basketball player and and or a good basketball player and you have to at the a, a high school and if you want to stay at your high school let's just say you're a good basketball player you want to stay at your traditional high school like you will have to beat off some. you will have to beat some, these offers off because there's just uh, the landscape is if you're good you have to go to prep school right. or if you're good the prep schools are going to they're going to promise you the world so that's that's what CIAC and traditional high school basketball is up against and and what the solution is or maybe there doesn't need to be a solution it maybe it's just the reality of it that's that's kind of what teams and coaches and programs are up against
0: Ryan right, you've had some I mean obviously you have some great players you have McGirl and varetto and, um, and and you actually alluded to it earlier earlier in the, the podcast is that you know, there is this me first, meant, more than so than ever before, this me, I gotta get take care of me, I gotta show off my Instagram followers what I'm doing, and the dunks and all that stuff. I mean, obviously, you think that's a kind of an issue that you coaches have to deal with, and kind of getting those guys away from thinking that way. I mean, is that a challenge?
2: Uh, I think, you know, for, for me, personally, and, and my guys, I mean, they've seen it. One of the one of the one of the best things that that I saw, um, was when Mike McGurl went up to Kansas State and you know, there's an article that came out that, you know, he was the surprise of the summer and in talking to their staff they were very excited about how how ready he was. Mm-hmm. And I think there's more to, you know, being college ready. College colleges are, are forced to evaluate at different times of the year and there's different rules that they gotta work under but at the end of the day I tell my players you got to be good enough you've got to be good enough and it, it's not about necessarily th- those things that are going to blow up on, on uh, as you said Instagram and, and, the, and the Knicks tape and all that yeah. it's like at the end of the day you got to be good enough and um, it's not about being fake good you got to know how to play and if you can play um, you know my mentality when I say hey we're, we're going to get you seen um, but it's that's what you're that's what you're battling against on a, on a daily basis. Can, can you can you be good enough? And then if you're good enough, yeah, maybe somebody's going to take maybe somebody's going to take you and be interested in you. And you know every every you know not every, but a lot of high school guys aspire to play at the next level. And if somebody's willing to uh, to promise you X Y Z, sometimes it's hard to to pass that up but at the end of the day you just got to be good enough that's 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 the way it goes but
1: and and part of it too obviously luke is that they're using the CIC rules against or the federation rules of no shot clock and Mm -hmm. being able to be with your players not so much year-round but a lot longer than CIC coaches are allowed to and that's part of the issue too is how do you combat that when you really can't right
2: yeah it's, it's it's interesting because you know i know if you really did the math on it and, and like I said, not all prep schools are equal. Right, but you know they have a long Christmas break in there. Uh, they got a break in thanks. They got a break for Thanksgiving, and I know that they have different different rules and different things like that. But it's it's something that should be looked at because it's you know you you, the, you don't want to lose you don't want to lose guys. Um, out of the out of the CIAc, it's it's something that probably should be looked at. Like, I, and I don't know. I'm not saying I have the answers, and I'm not saying I have a preference. I'm just saying the powers that be, it's out of my control. But if they, they I'm, and I'm sure they are. They should be, they should be looking at it and seeing, you know, hey, what's best for kids. So I know the NCAA is making some changes. With with a big scandal, in the FBI investigation mm-hmm. and things like that, and I I just don't I just want to make sure that Connecticut is is up to speed on all those changes because uh you know you want to give the kids the best opportunity you can. Uh,
1: the East Catholic coach Luke Riley of uh, the second ranked team in the state and undefeated with a fifty one game winning streak in the regular season going into battle tonight against Northwest Catholic. Luke Riley, thank you for joining us on the courtside with Joe Morelli podcast. Good luck the rest of the way, and I'm sure we'll definitely see you down the
2: road. Hey, thanks for having me, and I, I want to thank you guys for covering the high school games, whether it be us or from anybody. It's, it's a special time in these guys' lives, and um, the way you guys cover the game and make it relevant and get, get the word out there, it's, it's a huge deal for them. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's about creating those memories, and those guys are able to go online or, or pick up the paper or uh, the coverage that you guys are giving. Is uh, is great, and it's it's much appreciated. I know a lot of work goes into it, and I just want to
0: thank you for that. Thanks, Coach we Luke. Thank it. you very much. Good luck the rest of the way. We'll talk to you soon. As always, a good guest and uh, Luke Riley, who's been, you know, I forgot to mention. I should have brought it up. That I saw him, his team, with uh, Mikey Ariama beat that, I've mentioned it before, but beat that great Harding, undefeated Harding team in the, you know, I think it was Division One too in, in 06 with Troy Bentley as a point guard and all those guys, Harding. He was at Brantford High School, wasn't it? It was at Brant You were
1: there? No, I, was, I there. was not. Oh, you weren't
0: there. I was not there. I was probably I was covering Hill House or something. And I covered that game for the Connecticut Post at the time, and uh, I remember being like, it was four corners the whole game. You know, it was just like, roll your eyes. Oh, my god, team. It, it, I think it would have been the first time I'd seen that, that strategy co- covering a high school. I, you know, I hadn't been too long at the post and I had, you know, I, right. I didn't really do it much elsewhere. I might mean, saw but it, to use that effect and they just basically made it a one possession game and Mikey canned it. Three pointer. The old man was there. He was very proud. I remember interviewing him afterward. And I remember, you know, Charlie being Charlie Bentley being Charlie. Well, you know, well, of course they were, we knew they were going to be good. He's like, he'd basically talking about Luke, you know, I, I coached against his father, blah, 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 blah. You know, the whole night so, being Joe Riley, as we mentioned in the yeah. previous segment. And, uh, but that was a disappointment. That was, you know, we were all hoping it would be. Hill House and Harding? Was it Hill House year? Hero 6? Hill House yeah. blew out East Catholic up at East University of Harvard. Right. That's right. With uh, uh, what's his name on uh, Harding? Hill House, you mean? That's so, what I mean. Hill, uh, Hill I'm, I'm trying to Diario
1: Alec. Um, right? I'm trying to remember. No, right. Catherine was already gone. Oh, he was. Um, it was that was maybe possibly one of the best Hill House teams ever. They were yeah. undefeated, went 27. In fact, over a two-year span, they lost one game to Wilbur Cross. Right. And the next year, they played East Catholic up at Gamble. Mm-hmm. It was more competitive, but they still won. And you know it. And, and as I mentioned way back when, you could probably check the old podcast. I mean, East Catholic and Hill House. We, in our preseason when we talked about it, and obviously Hill House has not lived up to expectations but that was kind of a big deal I have an opening game with East Catholic and Hill House and the history they've had and yeah. obviously we, t- we go back to the 2016 um, 2017 semi at University of Hartford but obviously I'm going a little off the track here but they've had their history and, and East Catholic hadn't beaten them but they beat them pretty good in the preseason and yeah. East Catholics had a great year and uh, and like you said I mean Luke riley has been around a long time and obviously he has the family tree, and his father was a great coach. I didn't see him coach, but he coached John Pannone, McCromwell, and he's had some great players. And Gene Riley has over 500 wins, and they just – I'm sure that Lucas picked up a lot of things four corners. He played in it. Yep. He understands it. And like I said, he had a little bit of it. Against Bastic, it didn't really work very well. Um, but, right. again, it, you, I expect to see it every time they're ahead. You know, with a guy like Joey Riley handling the ball and Jalen Hunter, it's going to be tough to take out of their hands. But Division One is going to be grind-out war. Ends. They might as well just play that whole tournament at Mohegan. Well, that's the other thing. We <laughs> how we, about that? That'd be great. It would, but obviously like they the have to have open dates, and it's yeah, not logistically. But here, here's the thing, and, and we didn't bring it up with Luke, and so you play your whole year, and but because of that, you're in Division One. You likely get a buy, as you said. You maybe play one home game, mm-hmm. so you get one home game in the state tournament yep. because the quarterfinals are neutral, and they have to because of the the, the interest and in the size of these games and the interest in people wanting to go. And, and what's the fairness in that? But so unfortunately, that's just the way it is. So you basically play your whole year to have a, a quarter, a, a first round game in the CCC tournament. I think because the the quarters I believe are neutral site, which is good for everybody. Yeah, I think they yes. And, and, and you, you get both one, and, and, and if you're lucky, if you're lucky. You get one home game. I mean, let's talk about Norton West Haven. They moved their game against. Danbury. Um, uh, yeah, two years ago because the whole Tremont uh, Motors and, uh-huh. and they moved the law,
0: they lost. Yeah, Northam- and they got a lot of crap for it. Right. Or they. they not they. Well. It's, I mean, People it's, are like, well, what the heck is this? In the
1: CIC, it's, it's to the tournament director's discretion if they want to move games. And they've already decided Division One last year, So, and, which is a good move. I'm not criticizing. I'm yeah, just saying I agree. you're playing for basically one home game. So you play that whole year and you get one. I just, it's a little unfair, but it's unfortunately there's really no other right. answer. But uh, we opened up the mailbag this week. We yeah. wanted to put it out there and give the chan- chance for some interaction as we go down
0: the stretch. And I understand there's some decent questions, Sean. Yeah, you know, you have some standard fare. You know, how do you feel like Bask will do the rest of the season? They won't lose, in,
1: if at all, until the Division One tournament. And well, again, they don't have a league tournament. I, I think I don't have the schedule in front of me, but uh, I mean that was a quad to be able to come back two days later after that rough loss and to win that damn game last night. And I think they're they're going to be just fine. Um,
0: let's take a look at that. Uh, after six or seven in the poll. Yep. It seems as if the rankings are pretty wide open. Yes. What's the mm-hmm. logic of voting for an unbeaten Cromwell slash Orwell who play in the smaller slash weaker conferences over a team like Glastonbury, Danbury, East Hartford, with only a couple losses usually to the other good large school conferences? Cromwell and Womogo would struggle to be competitive with a lot of those teams with their unbeaten, even with the fact they're unbeaten, right? I mean, I, I would agree with that. You would think that that... Basically saying, like you know, what's the the point of really you know voting those teams if if they're going to play like the middle of the road teams are going to lose to them? It's
1: a great question, and obviously, Crum, since he's probably submitted that, when was that question submitted? Did you have a date? Uh, doesn't say. Okay, well, Cromwell was voted in the top ten this week because Newtown lost, and I think I think the, the question person who who asked is right. It is wide open. I think I'll be honest; I struggled to find fifteen teams this week to vote for mm. because you just I'm not 100 percent sure, but to me, the Division One teams. um should get be higher ranked. I voted Cromwell actually 10th. I voted East Hartford 11th. Wilmogor right. 12th. I'm just giving my poll, I'm not yeah. going to give everybody right, else. It's Glastonbury right. 13. I have East Lime 14. And I gave New Canaan the 15th place vote. So it's hard because sometimes you forget, oh, you know, they lost to somebody earlier in the year. And I will say this there is something to be said for being undefeated no matter who you Correct. played. Does it mean that you should be in the top 10? No. Does it mean you should get consideration? Yes. yes.
0: I think you can do that with any sport. Yeah, absolutely, that we do a poll for football. Get the same type of deal. Um, you know, in this case, it's the same thing. You yep. know, I mean, I th- at some point you run out of teams, and what are you going to do? You're going to choose like an also ran, like a, a, an at large, and one team.
1: of those teams is going to make a run in somewhere, right. and they're going like, to well, make. We the... should have thought
0: of that, but you
1: know, you like Saint let's say St. Joe's. Just again, we're making a mistake. They're a team that sticks out in Division Four because they've won Division One or Class double L several times under Vito Montelli and so on, and. And and, and they've had a decent season. They're playing double L L side schools and they're in division four. If that's, that's an advantage for them. And, and I think depending on their draw, we'll see how it plays out, but it's going to be hard to beat that, beat that team because of the teams they play. But then that's a team we can have five or six losses and make a run, even though and they've gotten votes just once this year, and they immediately dropped out because they had two losses in a week because they play in a tough league like
0: the FCI. Yeah. So, next they're, question. They're the next question is a lot of a lot of small school stuff here. I mean, this one is last year Division Five made some sense in that the first and second place teams from the Shoreline and the first place team from the BL yep. and the first place team from the NC all made it to the Final Four. Right. All of them small publics. Right. This year there likely won't be a first-place team from any of those conferences listed because now they're all in higher divisions. because right. they got moved up. The fifth division seems very watered down from this year. Is there really a need for a fifth division, especially if successful multipliers boot teams up every year? And I say to that, I know what you're going to say, but here's what I say, yes, it is watered down. There is not a need for a fifth division. Get rid of the fifth division. Now, I think you it need, needs to play out a few more years to make that Get decision. Rid of it. Not, okay, well, that's fine. I, I it's like, it makes no sense. Now that you have, like, yeah, we wanted a small... That's Division 4. You got New Canaan in Division 4? <laughs> Jeez. I, I, I think there's
1: still... Makes no sense. I still think Four divisions. Okay, well, I disagree with you. I think there's a room for five. And, right. I, and the reason I say that is because the Division 1 is basically as open divisions you're going to get. And, right, and let the, let's... The red, and and red. I think there's room for five divisions. I mean, is it sound kind of ridiculous? And, and people a lot of people agree with you, Sean, and I, and that's fine, but... Let's see who the Division
0: Five's champion is when it's said and done, who's in the semifinal. If it's some, you know, I don't know. It's just too many. Five is just ridiculous. I would love to have seen like Womogo uh, slash Cromwell. three, by and, uh, the way. Well, 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 that was the next question. Womogo appears to be very good. Does this just by them being put in Division 3? Well, it has nothing to do with that,
1: right? No, it has to do with the uh, the, the formula that they did with the mathematical formula, which I am not, I'll be 100% familiar with. I can tell you that that was a sticking point because of their Voac program or something that, that they were moved up into that level mm-hmm. and I don't know Which exactly do I think it was fair silly. no do I think St. Joe should
0: be in four no but for the most part do I think the committee did a good job yes yeah I mean there needs to be some sp- or how, whoever the form there needs to be some like common sense changes <laughs> you know I, know I know you gotta stick to a form but St. Joe in four I know they struggle man but well, yeah, I just- never in four ever I mean, and they didn't allow. We've we've been over this. If you're an L school, this is me. If you're an L school, double L school, and you're not in the Division One, then you should be like a double L should be in Division Two, uh, an, an L should be in Division Three, maybe, or maybe L's and. The, well,
1: they use the enrollment, and then they, they, they add the multiplier. Right.
0: They add I liked I liked the Cromwells, the Mogo's, the.
1: Well, there are people the, who didn't think that after this fact, the, they were people pissed. Why is Cromwell in five? They're after the fact. they won it, I'm getting ta- I'm getting tweets. I'm like, so you're gonna talk about it now? <laughs> I mean, all right. So, it's, it's, so okay. So if East Hampton won, it would have been fair, but it's not fair because Cromwell's won nine or whatever state champions. So let's look at this. Innovation is your top seed. Old lime Now listen, Old lime is a very solid program. Kirk Kaiser has been there forever coaching that team. They're in Division Five. Valley Regional is in Division Five. They've been. All right, they're a traditional program. All right, can you make the argument they should be in four because they played half a few years ago? Yeah, okay, fine. Nanawad, Morgan, is having a decent year. Summers, and yeah, okay, so some of these teams, but here's the thing. Would would they have a chance that they're in four, some of these teams? No, they wouldn't. Adam Killingworth, Cogginchal, I mean... Yeah, is it watered down? Yeah. Yeah, but in Derby, Derby's going to make the state tournament, right. and they couldn't compete but, in four, but, a, but they could a, compete in five, and they're doing chance... well
0: in the NBL. Well, hold on. At some point, you got to say, like, look, it's on you now, man. Like, a chance on, who? A cha- yeah. on the team. Okay. A chance to compete. Like, we're not talking like they're Derby playing East Catholic. We're talking about them playing HK or Cromwell. HK's in
1: five. But Whatever.
0: What I'm well. saying is, is like, five and four, there's no, there's no difference. Between five and four, there's none. I think there is because four is actually better teams.
1: Well, five is is is. down
0: broad. Yeah, right. I it just but the look at the type of school they're mostly. I mean, any 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 school choice should not be in four or five. Stop or even three. that's fair enough. I agree with that, actually.
1: But I think the re- again the reason, biggest reason, and we're going over is yeah. why they did this is to give the small public schools right a That's chance right. to do it, and four and five provide those opportunities. Now,
0: could they critique it and get rid of a division to have four? They should. Sure. sure, they they not do that. the The problem was that they were facing Sacred Heart, which refused to move up, and and so now this was the their Trinity way Ca- of this was their way of forcing them up because they wouldn't do it. Trinity Catholic was Trinity Catholic is another one. But, like, it's it's ridiculous to see that Old Line or Valley Regional playing St. which is the stupidest thing but here, ever but but my here, life.
1: But here's my other question. Now, I know what you're going to say to this, but if you have it to four and all those are combined, will they vote for the proposal as willingly as they have in the past if they don't have as much of a chance to win a state championship? Wow,
0: I mean, you know, at some well, point. I, you, to compete for I, a state I championship.
1: I could, I'm asking. I, I'm asking a lot. Would they I don't vote know. for
0: I don't know. That's a good question. And, and if they didn't, shame on them. Because, you know what? Once you start saying, like, we can't compete with Cromwell, I mean, now you got a problem. Now this is like, what are you talking about? We're, we're, uh, what do you, how much help do you want? You know,
1: that's what it comes down to. Well, here's the other interesting thing I've possibly, if the girls go five divisions, Ugh. now... You have ten finals in five days. You're starting even earlier on Sunday. Mentioned somebody mentioned to me last night that possibility exists. So that's the other thing. That's the other thing. You're gonna have you got nine games to try to get in two days. Get one
0: snowstorm. Next thing you know, we're playing till Tuesday.
1: Well, we've already moved back to hockey because of Yale. Right. Well, that's so, a whole cool thing. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Right. But right, 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 Any other questions before we no, go? No,
0: that that that's the crux of it. But thanks for everybody's submissions, and we'll put up the link
1: again next yeah. week, and uh, we'll submit some more questions. But uh, it was fun. Luke Riley was fun. Uh, we want to hear from you, and uh, obviously, we we can go on and on about the small school, but those are schools that we deserve. Like Old Lyme. I'm glad we we're able to mention these New, ter- no, new Canaan, and no, not Farmington, but they're having a great year. But
0: like, I feel like New Canaan's a two. Two. I
1: don't because... They, what have they done in 10 years? Who
0: cares? So two. they should never have a
1: chance to compete?
0: What's which, which to compete in two? What's wrong with they competing in two? They can't Well, yeah, this year. But they, they, they haven't compete, been unqualified. They compete in the FCAC. They're not in Division One. Division Two is fine for them. They're in L school slash. I understand what you're saying, up. but they, their history says no.
1: Well, I hate the
0: history thing. Well,
1: that has to play into this. No, That's what plays the into this formula. So now... Uh, before. I think this is a model that hockey kind of uses, and maybe football should use yeah, a model history like this.
0: doesn't – here's the problem I have with this. I don't want to get into this. Well, we're, we're St. Joe's history the, the didn't, didn't his, factor in. The so. problem with the history thing is, like, that doesn't account for now. So basically – But nobody the, knew, knew New Canaan was going to be this good. No, no. One
1: knew. no. If knew. If New Canaan was 10-10 and 10 or, or whatever, 8-8, or eight and eight, nobody would be saying No, i, I still say they would be, should be in 2. Yeah, but you wouldn't think about it. You wouldn't look at it, oh, they should be out. No, because you I, wouldn't, think, I would you wouldn't at, think about it I would at, they wouldn't be in your thought process. Here's,
0: yeah, here's what I would do. I'd look at Division 4 and go, what? What is New Canaan doing in no, Division 4? No, you four? wouldn't. You would look yes, at St.
1: Joe's. No, because the first two teams everybody looked at was Mogo they're in 3 an and St. Joe's in 4. But there are other L schools. There's like West Haven's in
0: 3, I think. Like, are we going to Stratford's hold, in 3. We're going to hold New Canaan's hand just because they couldn't compete in the FCI. And that's the other thing. Now, your your leagues are called different. Like, New Canaan being not great in the FCI doesn't mean they could drop New Canaan into the shoreline, how do you think they're gonna do? They're gonna do great. That's why it doesn't get
1: out anyway. Uh, I disagree with you, but Prince let's see uh. well, Mogo, Division three. Well, Mogo, who was the biggest stink, Prince Tech, Farmington is in three. This is three. Newtown, East Lime, Torrance. So are we doing Berlin, Wilcox Tech, Naugatuck. Now Nogatuck was a they division they were two? They were L. When they lost to Benoit, so, so it's I hard. feel it's like I feel like the CIC CIC is basically West, West Haven, the double L school, is in, in in three Fitch, Maloney, Shelton, Staples, Cap. I mean, it kind of as as Luke mentioned, it's very similar to four or five. If you remember those teams were the, the double teams if you remember correctly were in the lower divisions remember mm-hmm. back in 0405 and yeah and that was and it, that was and, the and worst reason, and, 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 and the reason they got rid of that is because teams found a way to be able to lose on right. purpose when, richfield when, in particular if and that's you're you rid of
0: ranking them. the teams after they play that was the dumbest like because now you can manipulate it and it got manipulated it was, it was a great division one tournament and everybody agrees that this now listen you have to do it before this you
1: season. can't I, I want to take credit for this because there's a lot of people come up with this, but maybe there is something to be said for ranking the teams and doing an NCAA tournament style after the regular season. I don't, know. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I think if we're having this much of an argument over this, maybe that's what you do. But I, I, I don't have a problem with New Canaan being in a Ford. If they won four, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I
0: really wouldn't. It's what have they ever bad. done in basketball? Who cares? They shouldn't be. Playing. They care. Put them in. The, here's the other. Put them in the Shoreline then. They're going to compete for a Division Four championship, but they're in New Canaan. You're, you're on the shoreline now. Do you have a problem if they were in three? It'd still be a little weird, but it would, less of a problem. But, well, but, yeah, but
1: you're, we're not talking about football here, Sean. So we're talking. about oh, I basketball. know
0: we're not talking about football. We're talking about your basketball. philosophy and my philosophy are two different things. Yeah, I, I, I look I, at a team and I go. But
1: I understand your flaw. I don't have a problem with if you if they were in two, I wouldn't have even thought about it. To be honest, right? With they're you.
0: double like they're an L slash double. L, they're they're. A, should, there's an more an of an issue with St. Joe's. Be- yes, well, St. Joe is a school, like, no school choice would be anything lower than two. Yes. Period. Right. End right. of December.
1: Division four, before we go Cromwell, Classical Magnet, Granby, Law, and L School in force. And they were in four last year, lost their first or second game. St. Bernard, New Canaan, Ellington, Wolcott. <laughs> Who plays all L and double L schools in the MBL and is having a decent year. Stonington, Griswold, Abbott Tech, St. Joe's, Lyme Memorial. So St. Joe's is a deep seed, and he's going to go to somebody's place and probably win in the second round. Yeah. Old Sabre, Platt, Goodwin Tech, Canton, and Sheehan. I mean, listen, there's arguments debate, I don't Listen, I don't think there's a lot of people who feel the same way you do, and eventually they may change it. But for now,
0: they should change it.
1: Well, they they're going to tinker right. with it. They're going to say, but their bigger issue, I think, is making sh- pushing up all the the parochials, making sure that happens, and making sure the public yeah. schools have a legitimate Look, shot to win a state championship. Now, if that means combining four and five, four and five I need to combine, and five. that more teams are in two and three. Right. I don't Good have enough. a. I would have a problem with Good that if if you tell me New Canaan should be in two, and they did next year or this year, I, I wouldn't have had a problem. But they were in there this year, and to complain about it now,
0: no, no I'm, I'm not. Fearless. I'm just saying it's stupid.
1: Anyway, I, all, I mean, <laughs> I just it is. But I mean, I know there's th- no perfect system. They've done zip. I, there's
0: I, the CIC schedule. I mean, the, the league's still controlling schedules, and the CIC controls the postseason. And you know, you're seeing it in football. It, 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 there's, there's, there's something's got to change because you can't play one schedule, one thing. It is worse than football. You can't play one schedule because there are less games mostly. Right. There, you know, you want to in basketball. You want to expand everything. You want to play, but it's whatever. Anyway. anyway, well, it's a, it's a good topic. It's a healthy discussion, yeah. and there's nothing wrong
1: with, with your point. Right. Me, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad take. And, right. get it. I mean, if they had more of a history, I'd understand, but they don't. But yeah, that's anyway. okay. Fine. Anyway, for the for Sean Patrick Boley, this is Joe Morelli with the Courtside Joe Morelli Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week.